Hey guys, welcome to the Safe Space Podcast. You're with your host, Emma. And Hester. Today, we're going to be talking about coming out later in life, aren't we? Aye, we are, Emma. We can't really understand what that's like because we came out quite young, didn't we? You walked out gay. I did, I did. Came out the womb like, hello, mother. I like ladies. (laughs) (laughs) And here we are today. But we were one of the luckier ones. We were. It's not always been like that. And we're going to go down a road as to why that was and what it's like today. Let's get into it. Is coming out a thing of the past? Billie Eilish just came out. (laughs) But actually, did she? Hmm. She's been accused of queer baiting relentlessly. And in 2021, she said that her sexuality was nobody's business. Slay, Billy, slay. Until this week, Hester, in a variety interview, she revealed that she's attracted to women and they also intimidate her. Well, ain't that the... (laughs) Ain't that the start of a beautiful adventure, Emma? (laughs) Or an adventure that's already been happening. It's just not been in the eyes of the public. Apparently, she said that she struggled to be like a girl's girl. And she felt like she could never really relate to girls very well. And she went on to say that she loves them so much. And she loves them as people. And she's attracted to them as people. And she said, I'm attracted to them for real. I'm physically attracted to them. This is her words, not mine. But I'm also intimidated by them and their beauty and their presence. Yeah, well, that's just... that's I've never been able to shake that one off myself. <laughs> Still, Welcome to the bloody club, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> but she didn't say, I'm gay or I'm queer or I'm a lesbian. Hmm. And I guess that begs the question, does she even need to? Mm. It's a very interesting question, Emma, mm-hmm. because it's a little-known fact that coming out actually became a thing in the 60s and 70s oh. during the gay liberation movement. And it was an act of resistance to being discriminated against by the police and state. Yes, it was. So think about this. Mm-hmm. In order for homophobia to be recognised as discrimination, mm-hmm. officially, yeah, we identified as gay because that meant that being gay was a protected characteristic and something that we couldn't change within ourselves. Essentially, they needed to come out in order to get protect- protection. Yeah, so you needed to be gay yeah. in order for homophobia to be recognised. That is incredibly interesting but before that people weren't necessarily gay as an identity they just did gay things ah and coming out became a way to liberate the self Mm -hmm. and end the internalized self-hatred right yeah 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 that came from society so being gay was a way to reclaim the power but you're right is it still relevant today it's almost like as if now you owe people to come out like when kit connor in Heartstopper, do you remember this? Yes, the queer baiting. He was accused of queer baiting for going on Heartstopper and playing a gay man because he wasn't out. But and then he was all he was forced out, and he tweeted on Twitter saying, "I'm by. Congrats for forcing an 18 year old to out himself. I think some of you missed the point of the show." Slay, Kit, slay. And Kit Connor and Billy all remind me of the OG coming out video from Jodie Foster in 2013 at the Golden Globes. So Jodie Foster couldn't come out when she was younger because she was a Hollywood child actor. And it was the 90s. Yeah, exactly. But when she was 49, she publicly came out. And here it is. I guess I just have a sudden urge to say something that um, I've never really been able to air in public. So uh, declaration that I'm a little nervous about, but maybe not quite as nervous as my publicist right now, huh, Jennifer? (laughs) Um, but, uh, you know, I'm just going to put it out there, right? Loud and proud, right? So, um, I'm going to need your support on this. I am, uh, single. 
<laughs> yes, I am. I am single. No, I'm kidding. But I mean, I'm not really kidding, but I'm kind of kidding. I mean, thank you for the enthusiasm. Did, can I get a wolf whistle or something? Those very quaint days when mm -hmm. a fragile young girl would open up to trusted friends and family, co-workers, and then gradually, proudly to everyone who knew her, to everyone she actually met. But now, apparently, I'm told that every celebrity is expected to honor the details of their private life with a press conference, a fragrance, and a primetime reality show. Yeah. <laughs> if you had been a public figure from the time that you were a toddler, if you'd had to fight for a life that felt real and honest and normal against all odds, then maybe then you too might value privacy above all else. Privacy. Someday, in the future, people will look back and remember how beautiful it once was. I have given everything up there from the time that I was three years old. That's reality show enough, don't you think? There is no way I could ever stand here without acknowledging one of the deepest loves of my life, my heroic co-parent, my ex-partner in love, but righteous soul sister in life, my confessor, ski buddy, conciliary, most beloved BFF of 20 years, Sidney Bernard. Our amazing sons, Charlie and Kit, who are my reason to breathe and to evolve my blood and soul. Oh, and boys, in case you didn't know it, this song, like all of this, this song is for you. And I can't help but get moony, you know? This feels like the end of one era and the beginning of something else. Scary and exciting. And now what? Well, I may never be up on the stage again, on any stage for that matter. Change, you gotta love it. I will continue to tell stories, to move people by being moved, the greatest job in the world. It's just that from now on, I may be holding a different talking stick, and maybe it won't be as sparkly, maybe it won't open on 3,000 screens, maybe it will be so quiet and delicate that only dogs can hear it whistle, but it will be my writing on the wall. Jodie Foster was here, I still am, and I want to be seen, to be understood deeply, and to be not so very lonely. Thank you, all of you, for the company. Here's to the next 50 years. Oh, wow. Gives me chills, that Hester. She's incredible, the way she worded that and the way she kind of opened that new life up to her. Yeah, and so mm. publicly. It's interesting, this video. I remember it very well, because I was about 18 wow. when that came out. Yeah. Which is when I came out, actually. Wow. And... She says how she values privacy and she says how she told the people in her life, but then this is her coming out to the public. And that's really interesting because what she said actually around that was that she that she felt like she valued privacy, but she said that it was the duty of every public figure to be out to make life better for queer people, which is really interesting to see that now, isn't it? Mm. 11 years later, when everything has actually changed. Now in a lot of places, younger people find it so much easier to come out as gay, to be represented in media, to feel heard and seen. Which back in the 1960s, gay people never were. And so coming out now is almost lost its radical purpose. Yeah. And nearly 20% of Gen Zers are LGBTQ+, Hester. Bonkers. And young people can explore their sexuality like never before, mm -hmm. without discrimination, from a younger age. Yeah, like when I was younger, no one was out in school and you didn't have dating apps mm -hmm. to meet people so you'd have to actually try and come out to someone and um, which was kind of virtually impossible 
the apps definitely help that later on. But yeah, and that's exactly it, because it only took till when I left school till I met gay people Yeah, that it felt necessary to come out and learn about how to actually be gay in the world. Mm-hmm. And it became almost part of your identity within that. Exactly. Whereas now, this shift is not as drastic. Mm-hmm. But now it's almost like it's gone full circle. It's like you almost don't need to be out as gay, you can just do gay things anyway. Like Kit Connor and Billie Eilish. You don't owe anyone to come out. But what do you think? Is coming out important or are we better off without it? Ooh, food for thought. Obviously, for Gen Z and whatnot, mm-hmm. coming out is not as big a deal. Yeah. They don't cling on to it as much. Mm-hmm. But if you're now 50 years old, still yeah. in the closet, yeah, and you come out, then it is a big deal, right? Just because things times have changed mm-hmm. doesn't mean that it's, it's all about where you start from, I think. Yeah. Coming out is all about where you start from. Mm. So people with a different background, with a different world around them. Completely agree. And it's almost like kind of privileged. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is privileged Mm -hmm. to grow up as gay in this time. Like, and we owe a lot back to people back in time. Um, But coming out later in life is still so important because people have suppressed so much And that can be a really painful experience and coming out can be a really liberating experience and therefore it still has a radical necessity for some people. You put that beautifully and this leads us very nicely onto the next section of the podcast. This section of the podcast is in partnership with Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. We were lucky enough to get the chance to watch Down Low early before its release so we can talk about it on the podcast. Can you say a little bit about what Down Low is about? Hell yeah, I can't ever. It was a great, I had a great, it was a great. You loved it, didn't you? You blimmin' loved it. I had a great time watching that Down Low. Mm -hmm. Um, What was it about? Give us us the top themes. So, basically, it was about a guy who's older, Mm -hmm. lived his life in the closet, Mm -hmm. wife and kids. Yep. Calls a masseuse. Yeah. And he finally has his first gay experience with said masseuse. So the main guy's called Gary. The masseuse is called Cameron. And it's all about this journey that they have together. Yes. Where he's learning about the new gays and the old gays learning about the new gays and the whole world that he's missed out on, basically. And it's fascinating. I think it's definitely fascinating for straight people Mm. to watch this film because... It was fascinating just as me, as a bisexual, non-binary person. As a lesbian, I had no idea about half the shit that gay guys get up to. I know. I didn't even know what down low meant. No. Down low. Me neither. For anyone that needs to know. Is on like the typical dating apps that you see for gay men. um, It is, so people put DL on their profile and it means down low, which is essentially like a straight guy that is keeping their profile on the low down that they're gay or like to experience gay experiences. Wow. Mm-hmm. And it's a known thing. Like, I asked my... After watching it, I watched, I asked my friends, like, my gay guy friends, and I said, what does DL mean? And they knew straight away, and I was like, oh, my God. There's, like, a whole... It's a whole different world that I don't it's know mad, about. Like, imagine if there was, like, lesbians out there who were, mm. like, secretly having affairs with the lesbians. That doesn't happen, does it? Or no. does it? Or I think just... so. Maybe, somewhere. Yeah. I want to see that movie, too. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> What I really liked from this film is the kind of exploration of relationship of a later person, of of an older person coming out later in life. Mm -hmm. And usually it comes from a trust of a stranger, like the masseuse or someone on these dating apps. Mm -hmm. And it's like these people have so much guilt and stress and 
pressure on themselves Mm -hmm. to come out. In the film, you know, Gary is dying and it's like something that he really wants to be is his authentic self. Just before he goes. Just before he goes, he just wants to do it. And I think those that are so interesting, the relationships of like trust that you have on a stranger that's already out, that doesn't even realise the amount of trauma that you've had not mm-hmm. being your true self. They're kind of like told it. And then it's what's really lovely in this film is that exploration of a relationship of, of a trusting stranger mm-hmm. is really explored and we see how they become beautifully connected. Mm-hmm. I also think what's fantastic about their relationship, it's a way to show this difference that occurs between generations of gays. Mm, so true. Which is such a big problem for yeah. us that we, that like the TikTok generation of gays now mm-hmm. don't really know much about the older gays, only when they have these sexual experiences with each other. And you can tell that in the film with like the attitude that Gary has towards like the dating apps mm. and the sex work and like the judgmental nature behind that and how far we've come mm. as a community yeah but also how much you would have to come you would you would have to catch up on yeah. if you were to come out now later in life and it's yeah completely if you were to compare it when Cameron came out which you know we don't know in the film but let's say he came out at 18 and when um Gary's come out which is now and he's obviously like however old like 50 odd or something if he'd have come out when he was 18 that's like how many many years of that it's like 20 30 years difference and there's been so much that has happened. Yeah. That Between all... now and 2004. Yeah. Crazy. For those generations, that they will just see how much layers are there that are coming on top of it and how much you have to kind of like climb out of all those different nuances within the culture of being gay and who it is and how you identify. It's so much. It's so heavy. It's not just like, oh, I'm gay. Oh, it's all I'm gay and there's apps. There are there are code words like DL. There there are bottoms and tops and stuff like that mm-hmm. that they pick up on in the film, and I think it's so interesting because it's just it's like Cameron is almost like that younger generational talking, and Gary's the older one. Yeah, and I I honestly have my heart out for all those older closeted queers, those queers that are coming out now or in the process of coming out, and um, I think it's very brave, very yeah. very brave because I don't I've got a mad amount of privilege. Um, to being able to just be so expressive in who I am and who I love, not needing to hide any of that and mm-hmm. uh, or suppressing it. It's, it's a real, my heart goes out to you. Also, like, I think what's great is that it's fun, the film. Yeah, it's, it's so, really so fun. fun. It's really, it's, it's comedy, it's silly. isn't it? Yeah, it's very silly. And a uh, bit wild. Bit wild. <laughs> bit weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> but yeah, it's almost like you don't have to dwell on all this shame that the character's going through, but you can still watch the shame that he's going through and understand something. Yeah, it's not really heavy. It's quite kind of fun. It's very fun. Because it's a, it's a heavy subject to talk about. Like you could, that, you could argue it was, you know, it's a life wasted when actually, you know, you're opening a door up to another life. And with Gary dying, like only a short new lease of life but it's still important. But it's still incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I think that's a lovely takeaway to take from it. You know, there's a bit of the film that I've really, really liked. It's something that Cameron says that really stuck with me. And obviously, Gary's dying. And he says in it, it's a, it's a eulogy for straight Gary. Mm. So it's almost like there is a, with coming out, there's like a death of one person and a rebirth of the other. Yeah, the second adolescence, yeah. the resurrection. Exactly. Yeah, I thought that bit was really sweet where mm. he says, is this what it's always like? And then he Aww. says, yeah. 
it is really sweet it's honestly so lovely anyone comes out and yeah. you kind of like find figure out what it's all about and you you're yeah. you know you're in the community and oh it's, it's beautiful isn't it yeah. magical magical moment but give it a, give it a go it's yeah. fun it's gay it's queer it's wild mm-hmm. we enjoyed it very yeah. much you can either buy or rent down low uh now to watch at home that's great isn't it yeah that's great. you don't even have to leave the bloody house no. <laughs> there's a link to where you can watch it in our bio for those that want to rent or buy at home to conclude, one last bit of this podcast. So earlier this week, we also reached out to our followers to see if any of you folks have any later in life coming out stories. And we had some beautiful responses, Hester. We did indeed. We did. And I have a lovely story I would actually like to share with you, Hess. And this person wanted to share this story in the hope it might help someone else who may be in the same situation to realise that there is light at the end of the tunnel despite your age. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ain't that the truth, sister? Mm-hmm. Sibling. <laughs> Ain't that the truth, sibling? <laughs> so this is an older woman, one of our followers, that has explained her story of coming out as a lesbian. I love to hear it. Story time, baby. Let's go. At the age of 12, I fell in love with a girl for the first time. I remember sitting on the back of her bike while we were rushing to our PE class. Mind you, I'm Dutch. We cycle everywhere and sometimes share bikes. <laughs> Gotta love the Dutch. I told my mum and it didn't go down well. We were religious and being gay was not what we're supposed to be doing according to God and Jesus. So back in the closet I went. Fast forward seven years and I met this really nice guy. I fell in love with him and thought, thank God I'm normal. I told him that I thought I might be bisexual. He didn't care. If I wanted to kiss a girl, that wouldn't be the end of the world for him. Very typical response. It is indeed. When I was 23, we got married. Our daughter was born nine months after our honeymoon and we were happy. Then I met a girl. Let's call Uh-oh. her <laughs> Let's call her Anna. I'm a drama teacher, she was a music teacher, and together we started a musical s- school for children. And God, oh, it's getting gay, isn't it? <laughs> and God, I fell hard for her. The first one to notice this was my husband. Well, perceptive. Mhm. He thought it was funny to watch. I was confused. I loved my husband. See, this proved to me I was bi. Fair play. I never told Anna. She moved to Germany with her boyfriend. We stayed friends, but I didn't see her that often. Oh my God. I got pregnant with our second child at 28. And then I met Nina. Nina. Nina was another mother from my daughter's school. Her son and daughter were friends. What's the hell this school, eh? (laughs) We quickly became friends. Within a year, I was head over heels for her. And I told her. Oh, yes. Slay. She ghosted me after that. Not slay. (laughs) I was heartbroken. I was still convinced that I was bisexual, but somehow it didn't feel right. After watching a series about lesbian women, I cried my eyes out. I binged every LGBTQ plus series or or film. Still am. Still am doing that, to Mm -hmm. be fair. I'd started working in secondary school as a teacher and became the head of Gay Straight Alliance, a safe space for LGBTQ plus kids. Oh. Our son was severely ill, so we didn't really have a lot of time on our hands. When he was eight, he started to get better. There was more space for me. I told my husband after watching Gentleman Jack, I really wanted to find out my sexuality. Anne Lister. She does it to us all. Saran Jones. Oh, Saran. Anyway, back back to the story. Because there was something missing. He told me to explore those feelings. That was January 
1st. Slay husband slay. That was January 1st, 2022. In September that year, a co-worker returned from her sick leave of one year due to long COVID. She'd been new to our school when she got sick, so I really, so I didn't really know her at the time. We became friends. She told me she was going through a divorce. That sparked something in me. Mm-hmm. I was constantly aware of her when she entered the staff room, when she walked through the school, and yes, mm-hmm. I didn't admit it to myself, but I fell for her. <gasps> oh, you love to see it, This is gorgeous, you? isn't it? When she told me she'd found a new job because she needed to work more hours to support her kids, I started to panic. That week, we went on a school trip to an amusement park. We were walking together with a group of colleagues to a roller coaster, and that's when I told her of my quest on finding my sexuality. Totally out of the blue, by the way. She wanted to know more about that, and even though we never said anything explicitly that day, we knew. Oh, how brave. I know. This is giving me, like, chills. Two weeks later, we went on a walk together, and after that, we had tea, and I told her I had feelings for her. We kissed, and oh my god. Everything, yes, everything fell into place. Lesbian tea date. (laughs) (laughs) And at that exact moment, I knew I wasn't bisexual. I'm gay. I've always known. The hardest part was telling my husband. I loved him so much, and I felt crushed with guilt. He tried to make it work. We really did. Between December 2022 and March 2023, we talked so much, but I couldn't deny it any longer. I'm a lesbian in a straight marriage. That doesn't work. No. In March 2023, we decided to get a divorce. We tried to do it as amicably as possible. We're still living in the same house. I'm moving to my own house this December, exactly one year after finding out my truth. It's been an emotional roller coaster, pain, grief, guilt, but also new love, finding myself and being really happy. I came out to friends and family at 37 years old. Some reactions were far from nice, but but most people were loving, kind and supportive. My kids have been very sad, but they're doing really well now. They've met my girlfriend and they're fine with it. Oh, stop (laughs) One year ago, I wouldn't have imagined this outcome, but I'm so happy I'm here now. Oh my God. Well, there you go. A little bit of inspiration for the day there. It is. It's beautiful. Thank you so much for that person who reached out. It's very brave of you. Wish you all the best. Yeah, we love your story. And thank you for reminding us that it's never too late to be yourself. And it's never too late to change your life. And it's the right thing to do, even if it hurts people. Because it will hurt people. Your truth is important. Exactly. In the long term, that's all anyone wants. If they love you, that's all they want. Hells yes. That was good, that has. Gotta love the safe space, man. Right, well, that was everything for this week, guys. I hope you've enjoyed it. You've been listening to Safe Space. I've been Hester. And I've been Emma. I think. Goodbye. Bye.